Welcome everyone to episode 324 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm your host, the Glorious League Freak, and today we've got a fair bit of news to get through in rugby league because a lot has been happening. Um, as you know, things are changing pretty quickly in Australia with the COVID lockdowns, and I think pretty much every state at this point is in some level of lockdown. So that has obviously affected rugby league, and we will get to that. But first, the big news. Nathan Cleary could possibly miss the rest of the season due to a shoulder injury he picked up in the first half of New South Wales' 26-0 win over Queensland in State of Origin 2. Um, I saw when the injury happened, and it was one of those things where his arm, he sort of ended out in a Superman pose almost and fell on the ground and his arm was outstretched. They're going to do scans over the next 24 to 48 hours to see if he needs surgery, and if so, he will be out for the rest of the year. The club is hopeful that he can stay and take four to six weeks on the sidelines, get some strength back into his shoulder, and possibly play on and put off surgery until the end of the year. But I don't know. It's a, it's a risky decision either way, and... You know, a lot of people were saying that, that that was Penrith's premiership over, their premiership run over. I don't think it is. For the simple fact that their defense is so good. And look, they've played without Cleary before in short stretches and they've done okay. Now that is to say that Nathan Cleary last year, at the beginning of last year when he had his TikTok ban, they did all right without him. He's a very different player now. He's just about the best player in the world now. Um, the Panthers are going to miss his kicking game. They're going to miss his playmaking, his defense, and having a playmaker on both sides of the field, that's going to be a really big issue for them. But if one team could overcome his loss, and it's a big loss, and look, I've said on this podcast, he's really the one player they can't really replace, I think Penrith might be able to do it. But we'll just wait and see. I think that it definitely takes him out of favoritism. There's no doubt about that. If he is out, the Storm definitely become favourites and by quite some margin. But I still would say that Penrith is the second best team in the competition. So, you know, it's disappointing for a Panthers fan. It's not completely, utterly season over devastating. But we will see how it all plays out. And look, this is just, this is the sport. This is rugby league. You know, if you're not ready to see star players sometimes get injured, um, you know, you've only just started watching the sport. One of the things I thought that I would do is sit down and put together a list of possible players that the Panthers could put into the halves for Nathan Cleary in his absence. Now, obviously, they've named Matt Burton as 5'8 in this game. Burton moves from the centers into the into 5-8, and uh, Luai goes into half for the Panthers in their upcoming match against Parramatta. It's going to be really interesting to see how that works out. I think it'll work out all right. Um, Burton, when he did have to play in the halves when the Origin plays were out, he was so-so, but then again, so was the overall team, the performance of the team, because there were so many players out. So I can't really blame him for that. I think he will go better with Luai in, in, as a halves partner. Um, but the the big thing for me is the kicking game, and Clear's kicking game's best in the game. 
But with that being said, I thought I would look through some plays that they could possibly target as a replacement for Cleary if they wanted to go down that track. Now, it's doubtful that they would. I did see a report saying they would get about $350,000 to $360,000 under the salary cap for compensation for losing Cleary um, because he was playing State of Origin. So there's a little chunk of money there. And when you consider where the Panthers are, I would suggest that they might use it and there might be players willing to take a little bit less money or be in the right situation to go and play half a season with the Panthers. And maybe they can get something out of that. So we'll go through this list of players right now. So the first player on my list, and, and keep in mind, none of these players are the ideal replacement. I'm not saying any of them are easy to get. And I'm going to go through why they might be able to get them. The first player on my list that I thought I would love for him to go to the Panthers. I think he has the experience to make this move work. And I think that the team that would be around him, it would just be a good situation. Problem is, I don't think his club would let him go unless he really, really, really wanted to go. And that's Benji Marshall. Um, I don't think Benji is the sort of player that would go if he was offered a chance to play the rest of the season for the Panthers, have a shot at winning a premiership, I don't know that he would ask the South Sydney Rabdos for a release. It just doesn't seem like a Benji Marshall move. Um, I also don't know how keen the Rabbitohs would be to let him go because he is a great backup in, in case somebody like Reynolds gets injured for the exact same reason. So much experience you know he can go in there and get the job done, even if it's just guiding the team around the field. So this is the longest shot on my list. Having said that, I think Benji Marshall could step into most teams and get that job done, and that's why he's so valuable to Souths. He could do it at Souths. Last year, we, me and Andrew were talking about he'd be the sort of player that could step in at Parramatta and do the same thing for them, and I think he'd do the same thing at the Penrith Panthers if he got that opportunity. Having said that, I don't think South let him go, and I don't think that it's something that Benji would do to South Sydney. He just doesn't seem like that sort of dude. Another player who might take the opportunity and might do it because it is a very good opportunity is Sean Johnson at the Cronulla Sharks. Johnson is off contract at the end of next year, um, at the end of this year, sorry. I could see where the Sharks could look at this situation and say, look, if we have to pay Sean Johnson $350,000 less than what we were going to for the rest of the year, that might allow us to upgrade somebody from the lower grades, some of our junior players, and see what they can do. Because the Sharks are looking at that rebuild. Um, I, you know, The Sharks aren't going to win the premiership, so they don't have to worry about that. I don't think that they will be worrying about Penrith getting a little bit stronger while the Sharks get generally a little bit weaker. They're just at two different points. Um, and I could see where Johnson would see it as a real opportunity. I don't know if he's the ideal candidate. 
He runs very hot and cold, but he just might be able to fit into that Panthers side. So he was one player that came to mind. Another one, and this one's a little bit left field, this one. What about Mitchell Pearce? You know, he would come in, defensively he would be great. No one has ever questioned Mitchell Pearce's defense. And if Lawai could be the main playmaker and you had Pierce as the off-hander, could it work? Could you say, look, you're not going to have the kicking game of Cleary, but you're going to have a really good defender in his place. It might be something that they'd look at. I've said for some time that I think that Pierce needs to move on from the Newcastle Knights, and I think the Knights kind of need to move on from him a little bit. And I just wonder if that's something both sides would look at and say, look, let's do this now. There's an opportunity there. You can go and have half a season at Penrith and then move on to another club and the Newcastle Knights can look to build towards their future. It might be something that both sides consider. And especially for Pierce to be, you know, mixed back up in a premiership run, that would be interesting for him, I think. It's a long shot. That's a really, really long shot. But he's just one of the players that popped up for me that you could possibly look at. You know, but then you've also got got that Mitchell Pierce thing of, you know, could you get the job done with him in the halves? Definitely not as your main playmaker. There's no doubt about that. But as an offsider to your main playmaker, if Lawai is the main playmaker, you might have something there. Ash Taylor. He's off contract at the end of this year. If you could convince the Gold Coast Titans that you know they save $350,000 because Penrith would be playing, paying that amount on his salary for the rest of the year. It might allow the Gold Coast, once again, like the Sharks, to upgrade some of their junior players. But part of me thinks you wouldn't use this slot in your first grade side and this money on someone like an Ash Taylor, unless you were really, really desperate. And I don't think the Panthers are in a really, really desperate position. Another player that comes up for me is Cole Flanagan. Now, Cole Flanagan, terrible for the Bulldogs. Absolutely terrible. I can't stress that enough. It didn't work out for him at the Roosters. It hasn't worked out for him at the Bulldogs. But when he was at the Sharks, he was really, really good. Could you get Cole Flanagan for the rest of the year on not too much money? Worst case scenario, he's a good backup. I don't know. Is he the sort of player that you could get something out of? Would he go better in a better team? It would be a real gamble, a very, very big gamble. I think of all of these players... He would be the biggest gamble. It could be a complete disaster where you're playing for a couple of games. It's clear that his 2021 form is just, it is what it is. And you just can't play him. It was a waste of your time and money. So he is one player. Now, this last player, who is also off contract, and you'll notice a lot of these guys are off contract at the end of the year. Corey Norman. Now... Corey Norman's, his form is up and down sometimes, but every so often, he's a really handy player, pretty good ball runner, hasn't got the very worst kicking game in the league. Every so often, he'll pull out good kicks. 
I have a weird feeling, and I'm not sure what it is, that he would be a really handy buy. I feel like he would slot straight into this Panthers team. And, you know, he's not obviously going to be as good as Nathan Cleary. But I think he'd do a pretty good job for this Panthers side. And, you know, he'd, he could be dangerous in, behind this forward pack. It'd be interesting to see how he went. I think that they could get him pretty easily from the Dragons. I think the Dragons would love the opportunity to let somebody else get into that 5-8th role in their first grade team. They save a little bit of money in the process. Of all of the players that I've got here on my list, I think you could get Corey Norman ahead of pretty much all of them pretty easily. I, I feel like he might do the job for you. It's a gamble. All of these players are a gamble. And none of them are great players. That's why I think they're available. You know, any player that's really good or anybody that's in with a real shot at winning a premiership, they're not going to be available. But these players are the sorts of players that I think Penrith could use that money on. The other possibility is that they don't even buy a halfback. They say they move Burton into 5'8 full-time for the rest of the year if Cleary is out for the rest of the year. And they use the remaining money to get someone like a Pangai Jr. that they can maybe, you know, give him half a season at the Panthers, see if you can get him to recapture some old form. I think he could be an X-factor in their pack. Um, they're not going to get anyone great for this money and this available slot in their first-grade side. That's the thing to remember. So none of these players I've listed outside of Benji Marshall are really, 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 really high caliber players. But I just thought I'd go through the list of who might be available and how they might slot in, how it might work. Um, so there you go. That's the list. It's not a very long list. It's not a great list either. So I've got my fingers crossed that Nathan Cleary is going to be fine. I'm hoping that he takes a month and a half off, just gets his shoulder, you know, held together and get him back for the finals. That would be pretty handy. Now, moving on from that. After New South Wales won the second State of Origin game, it was a little bit weird because the media went a little bit silly. We had a few people that straight away said, well, Origin, why would we play a third game? Um... Paul Vorton was heard on a live mic saying they should just cancel the third game. And I can understand why Queensland could feel like that. It's really weird how Queensland, you know, the people in the media for Queensland, they talk about passion, passion, passion. And anytime they lose the first two games in the series, they immediately talk about scrapping the third game. It's kind of weird. But we've already had people in the media coming out and saying, well, what about Origin's future? This is really worrying for Origin's future. New South Wales winning by so much in two games. It is so ridiculous. It is utterly ridiculous. First of all, what was it, 10 months ago that Queensland won the series over a New South Wales team that looked very similar to the one that won just uh, last week? So, you know, this series can go back and forth. We've seen that. I think Queensland this year has played really, really below par. You know, they've been smashed for it. That's what happens in origin. But there's so many handy plays in that team. 
if some of those players in that team played to their potential, they'd be great. You know, I think of someone like a David Fafita, who's been terrible. He's been anonymous in this series. You know, if he just played to his level that he does for the Titans, he'd be a real handful against New South Wales. But, you know, there's so many players in that Queensland team that just haven't turned up in this Origin series. And it has given ammunition for all those same old people. You know, I was told Tyrone actually messaged me today on Twitter and was saying that uh, Paul Gallen and Phil Gould were among those that were talking about, you know, the worries about Origin's future. And it's funny because I thought, first thing I thought was Phil Gould should say that in his next, you know, stupid old man pre-Origin ramble that he does. If, can you imagine in the third game if he comes out and he stands in front, who knows where the third game's going to be. But anyway, if he comes out in that third game and he says, if New South Wales win this one, Origin's fucked. <laughs> that would be really good. So we'll see what happens with uh, where State of Origin ends up being played. But yeah, I thought it was funny to see all of these, you know, media types coming out saying, oh, Origin's in trouble, Origin's in trouble. Bloody ridiculous. It's weird how there are so many people in rugby league in the administrative side and in the media who have no backbone. Like, they will talk a good game, but as soon as things just don't go the way they expect, the game's dying. Origin's dying. Clubs are dying. Everyone's dying. We need to, you know, do this, that, save the game, blah, blah, blah. It's ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous... The chairman of the Queensland Rugby League, Bruce Hatcher, the day after Queensland had lost two games in a row and had lost the 2021 State of Origin series, and in a week where the Queensland Rugby League had selected a New Zealand-born and raised player who wasn't eligible to play for Queensland in the Queensland side and embarrassingly had to withdraw that player from the Queensland team, he come out and said that the Cronulla Sharks should move to Brisbane. Now, I don't know why. It's not his role. I've never, ever, ever heard the chairman of the Queensland Rugby League in my lifetime talking about relocating teams at the NRL level. Never once. It seemed to me like it was one of those things of, you have this disastrous loss and an embarrassing administrative bungle. So look over there. Look, look, No, no, no. Don't look at that. Look over there at the, the Cronulla Sharks. Let's move them. Let's move to Brisbane and just start some other media bullshit so people aren't talking about how poorly run the Queensland Rugby League is. You know, the Queensland Rugby League talks a lot about how small their player base is. And it's weird because they go from... Queensland is rugby league heartland to, oh, our player base is tiny. And they haven't really ever addressed that over the course of, well, since 1980, since State of Origin began. It's a really weird situation. And just adding another NRL team isn't going to change it. You know, it's something that really needs to happen at a junior level, I guess, where you get more NRL quality players coming into the NRL that are from Queensland. New Zealand hasn't got a problem with that. There are so many Kiwis running around in the NRL today, they never have a problem naming teams. 
New South Wales has never had a problem ever. You know, even nations like Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, they've all got plenty of players to select. So why do we have all of Queensland that has such a small player pool? It doesn't make any sense. And the first person you would look at is the chairman of the Queensland Rugby League. And so I have a feeling that his decision to come out and say, well, we should move the Cronulla Sharks to Brisbane, I think it was all about that. I think it was to take some pressure off himself. Um, His name is Bruce Hatcher. I've never personally heard of Bruce Hatcher, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, there are plenty of administrators I haven't heard about in rugby league. Um, Look, I've talked before. I think moving the Sharks to Brisbane, you could do it next week. You could do it next week. And I think that one thing we've seen with teams being able to move. So, for instance, the Warriors playing all their games on the Central Coast in New South Wales for the last season and a half. We've seen the Melbourne Storm being able to move up to the Sunshine Coast in Queensland when there's been COVID restrictions in Melbourne. You know, moving a club is pretty easy. You could do it almost overnight. It's kind of crazy, really. So, I think that a move for the Cronulla Sharks to go up there and move to Brisbane isn't the worst idea in the world. But there's a lot to keep in mind. I mean, they're currently doing renovations at Shark Park. You know, what happens to all of that? The Sharks have never really been comfortable at the top grade. They've always had some sort of financial issues or, you know, they've been squeezed by other NRL clubs and things like that. I just think now's not the time to talk about it, quite honestly. Especially when we're coming into a point where we're about to bring in an expansion club into Brisbane anyway. Um, It just seems like, I don't know, it was just a weird one. And I think everyone realised it was a little bit weird. Now, more news. And we all know what COVID-19 is doing right now. It feels like this is another proper wave that's happening not only in Australia, but in other parts of the world. Um, The New South Wales Rugby League has stopped all of its junior competitions for the next few weeks due to the COVID lockdown. All players in the NRL have gone into a, I think it's level four restrictions. Now, I can't tell you what they are, but my guess is that basically they have to stay at home or be at training or be at a game. Like they can't be going out and things like that. But That's pretty much what all of us are doing at the moment anyway. Um, Josh Dugan has been put on a 14-day, I don't even know what you'd call it, isolation, I guess, because he broke the NRL's COVID protocols. He's tested negative for COVID, but that's something that, that, you know, the Sharks have to deal with. And because Queensland have basically shut up shop and put a bunch of restrictions in place because they've had a little bit of COVID outbreak. The Melbourne Storm have chose to go and move their operations once again from the Sunshine Coast back down to Melbourne because it's the same, you know, basically the same sort of uh, lockdown situation right across the country now in Australia. So I know we're all sick of COVID, um, we're all playing games this weekend in front of empty houses in the NRL. It's going to cost a bit of money for teams. Um, this weekend was going to see Parramatta play Penrith in front of a packed house. Now they're going to be playing in front of no one. It's going to be interesting to see if we're on lockdown for 
a month, month and a half, what the NRL ends up doing, whether we start moving games to other stadiums, and that's where you'll see, you know, some teams will move to stadiums like Campbelltown and like Leichhardt Oval because the the cost of hiring those venues are a lot less than they are at, say, Bankwest Stadium or the Olympic Stadium. Um, you know, even somewhere like Penrith Football Stadium is probably less than that as well. So, it, you know, it's not fun. It's not fun at all. But what can you do? We've just got to get through this and, and deal with it all, basically. Now, one last thing I wanted to talk about is actually not related to rugby league at all. It is Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons has chosen not to represent Australia at uh, the Tokyo Olympics in the uh, basketball. And I don't blame him. And it's interesting to see the way that some fans have reacted to it. I think Ben is doing the best thing for his career. Uh, the one thing people aren't talking about with his team, the Philadelphia 76ers, every single player that they drafted during the process, and if you don't know what the process was, basically the Philadelphia 76ers were the first team to openly say they wanted to lose as many games as possible over as many seasons as possible to get as many top-rated draft picks as possible to put together a great young team. Now, to a certain point, they did that. They got a lot of very highly-rated young players, but so many of them have not turned out to be good players, and some of them have been draft busts. And the players that they have kept that have been good... They've got flaws. And the weird thing about Ben Simmons, I remember when he was in college and people were saying, well, look, great athlete, great defender, great court awareness, can't shoot the basketball. Which for me, straight away, is a problem. If you can't put a ball in a hoop when you play basketball, that's a problem. But it was something that all of the other upsides that he brought, you felt like he might be able to work on his shot and, you know, just get a capable jumper. And if he was able to do that, you know, you're off and racing. He's an all-star. And he might be the sort of player that can lead you to a, a championship. The problem is, you look at all of the players as a Philadelphia, Philadelphia 76ers drafted during the process. Even someone like a jo Joel Embiid. You know, there's talk about the type of game he plays. You know, is he... This is a dude that is gigantic, and they have him facing up, you know, out near the three-point line. Yeah, he can shoot three-pointers. He's a very good three-point shooter for a big man, but he's absolutely devastating when you play him in the key, and, you know, that's where he should be. And they just have had real problems developing players and keeping them fit and making them get better, and that's the big thing. So many of their players they drafted never really got better and they either moved them on or just persisted with them and just didn't really think about it. And it just shows you that some teams are really good at developing players and other teams are not. And so I can't really completely blame Ben Simmons at all because he's a young player that has so many gifts that you would want from a top-of-the-line NBA player. He's an all-star. He's one of the best defensive players, if not the best defensive player in the NBA. But 
he really hasn't had his game developed. And yes, some of that's on him. But his club should have been pushing that this entire time. And to get to this point where you see him struggling with certain aspects of the game that he struggled with since he's been drafted, I feel like it's just a really bad indictment on the Philadelphia 76ers, less so than Ben Simmons. As an Australian, I'm disappointed that he won't be at the Olympics for Australia, but I completely understand it. And I heard Paddy Mills talking about it today, and he was saying how all the Australian players are really supportive of Ben Simmons. And I hope that fans are too, because I haven't seen too many pylons like the one I saw um, on Ben Simmons. And look, I understand why. I get why. But he just seemed like the sort of player that needed someone to take him under their wing and say, listen, we're going to work on your game finally. Because I just don't think that he's ever had anybody do that with him. So I just wanted to talk about that for a little bit. Anyway, coming up on half an hour. It's not the longest podcast, but I had to get something out there tonight. So thank you for listening. Um, if you've got an Apple account that you're listening through, just go to your little podcasting app or your podcasting uh you know how you can listen to it on your computer. I don't think too many people listen through their computer. But anyway, give us a five-star rating. It takes a second. You don't have to log in or anything. You just press five stars and that's it. If you want to log in there and leave a comment, feel free to leave a comment. When you leave really good comments and you give us five-star ratings, it really helps with the algorithm and you know it shoots us up the charts and all that sort of thing. And it's really helpful. The numbers for the podcast have been really good lately, so thank you for that. Um, I've got a challenge for listeners. If you're on Reddit, and I'm not on Reddit, but if you do go on Reddit, why don't you chuck on the podcast and say, hey, have a listen to this podcast. It's pretty good. You'll enjoy it. And we'll see if you can personally have a big impact on our listener numbers. Um, That's a challenge for anybody out there. And if you do that, Tweet me, show me that you've done it, and I'll retweet you. And if I'm not following you, I'll follow you as well. If ever you decide to promote our podcast somewhere, let me know on Twitter, and I will follow you and retweet what you've done, because I really, really appreciate it. Now, I have made some changes to nrlbreakingnews.com. Uh, go and check it out. NRL Breaking News, it's on Twitter. And it, there's a whole website for it. It's a basically a page that has all of the NRL news feeds. Also has some news feeds from a couple other sports on there. I am making changes to it every day. I'm upgrading it. Um, I think it can be a pretty handy thing to go to. I think it'll be one of those websites that'll end up being on your rotation eventually so that you can sort of see all the news in one place, see what's going on in the game pretty quickly. Um, so check that out. Uh, check out leaguefreak.com. I'm making little adjustments to it here and there. Some of them you might not notice, but I am making adjustments to that at the moment, right, and a few different things as well. Um, check out the Fergo and the Freak Facebook page. Check out the Fergo and the Freak Instagram. Check out the Fergo and the Freak Twitter page. If you want to contribute to my personal Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash League Freak, with no space in between League and Freak. Um, you can sign up there for $1 a month. Everything goes to website costs and podcasting costs. And anything, if you can afford to give $1 a month, that's awesome. 
uh, anything, anything at all, it is hugely appreciated. I can't thank you enough for all the support that you give all of my websites and this podcast. I know Andrew feels the exact same way about all of his website and his work and all that sort of stuff. You're fantastic people. And uh, thank you once again. So I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Hopefully the next time we're talking, I'm talking about Nathan Cleary being A-OK and it was all a big scare and nothing to worry about. And I will talk to you soon.